I was leaving for the military in August of 2020. I ended up going to basic training. I went to tech school. So I take this vape. I told them to pass it to me. I take it and I start hitting it. And I'm like, what did I just do? Like, that's how much my heart was racing. And I knew God was real. I knew he was just letting me know, like, you know, I can take away your breath right now. And he put his hands on me and the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. I started shaking. The fire of God was on me. And he told me, um, you've been set aside not to be picked on, but to be picked out. My life was crazy. I was in the world. Um, but the funny thing is I actually knew Jesus. I knew him when I was younger. I knew him growing up. I was always in church. My parents raised me to be in church. You know, we went every Sunday. Um, I grew up at a really loving, you know, prophetic church with pastors that loved me and looked at me as if I was their own child. Like having a lot of church family and friends is how I actually grew up and I loved the Lord. I would get so excited to talk to him when it came to my classmates. I would talk about him to people um, all the time. I remember I helped someone get saved when I was in like second grade. Wow. Um, so I, I really loved the Lord and I knew him, I believed in him, and I was real, real um, aggressive when people would say that God wasn't real. Like I was like eight years old. I remember I had a friend at recess and we would tell people, you know, the mark of the beast is coming. There's this microchip that's going to be out and don't take it. It has 666 on it. And we would be at recess telling people, me and my friend, we would tell people, um, you need to accept the Lord as your Lord and Savior. You need to accept him because if you don't, you could go to hell. And I mean, wow. it's true, but I was really young telling people about the Lord. But then as time went on, I strayed away from him through middle school insecurity, through being accepted in high school, and then going into the world. But you know, when you're young, you don't fully understand who God is. You're not fully going to comprehend the Bible. So it was a lot to take in for me, but I knew he was real. I knew Jesus was my Lord and Savior. I can't remember an exact time where I accepted him into my heart. I probably did it multiple times, mm. but I believed in him and I knew he was there and I knew he was real. And I would always, it was kind of weird how young I was. I would look in the mirror and I would just look, look in there at like five years old and I'd be like, why did God send me on this earth? I just knew I had a purpose and I didn't know what it was. And I would always be so excited to figure out what that purpose would be. And now I'm finally at that point. So, you know, that goes on. I remember I never had any issues with, you know, any disbelief with God from kindergarten to I would say like fifth grade. There was no nothing bad really in my mind. There was nothing going on that made me upset or believe that God isn't real. But you know, I feel like it was always a battle with the enemy. It's like the angel on your right shoulder and then the devil on your left shoulder. You know how it is in cartoons. That's how I feel like my life started to look like, especially in middle school. So there was no reason for me to be upset. But then I started to just have like this attitude towards my life, towards my family, towards God. I was a really outgoing kid, you know, like through kindergarten through fifth grade. I didn't have a problem talking to people. But then middle school, just all this insecurity came in. And I know that it was lies from the enemy filling my head. I would be so sad all the time for no reason. And I know that was the devil getting to me about my looks, getting to me about my personality. And when you're chosen by God and he sets you apart, Sometimes it can be hard because the people around you, like classmates and students in school, they don't understand your walk with the Lord. Or they don't understand you going to church every Sunday, so they'll pick on you and stuff. 
So I just became really insecure with my faith, I guess, my looks. I feel like the devil wanted me to believe that I was ugly. He picked at every imperfection, and I believed that those imperfections were true and that didn't make me beautiful. I started to um, compare myself a lot. I would always feel like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I have what they have or something so simple as, why can't I um, go on vacations on summer vacation? I always felt like my life was boring. And then I started to compare myself with the friends that I had and the way their parents treat them. I started to believe my parents don't love me as much as they say they do, and that's not true at all, but the devil started to fill my mindset with those things and made me have this attitude that, you know, life isn't anything to be grateful for. So I started to have this um, animosity towards my parents, and they just weren't fulfilling the love languages that I needed, which were like spending time and, you know, uh, words of affirmation, stuff like that. But I finally learned that your parents can only love you as much as they have been loved before. So it's not to talk bad about them at all. They did nothing wrong. It's just that lie from the enemy filled my mind. Because they weren't spending time with me, I felt like they didn't love me as much, which was not true. They were hardworking, getting things done. We didn't have as much back then. And that's just one of the things that I was dealing with. So as I'm dealing with that, I remember it specifically, there's this time in middle school, I was like counting down the amount of years I had till I was 18. And one of the things that also made me have that animosity was because they were strict. Whole time I know now it's to protect me, but I saw how everyone in middle school and high school was living. They could do different things that I couldn't, you know, and I just felt some type of way off of that and it made me isolated from everybody else. I wasn't able to hang out with everybody else or do things like everybody else. So that made me want to rush the process of being 18 and doing things my way and not having parents to tell you what to do. So I remember I calculated how many years I have till I turn 18. I times it by 365. And then my equation was, you know, I have 1000 something days until I turn 18 and I can leave this house. And it was so dramatic. And I remember I was crying, but I was, you know, I didn't have a calendar where I marked each day off, but I just remember doing that. And that just shows how much I couldn't wait to turn 18. So as time goes on, I get into high school. I was in sophomore year, and this was kind of like a turning point for me because I started to put my value into my looks. I started to have, you know, what they call a little glow up or whatever. So my teeth got straight, my skin was clearing up, you know, I had really long hair, and that brought a lot of attention towards me. And as a girl that never got that attention, I didn't know how to handle it once it was given to me. And this was attention from boys. I'm not even going to say men, boys. And right. that that attention was not good. It was lustful attention. It was disrespectful attention. It was attention that was not the attention that God gives you, you know. And I didn't know how to decipher that with not having any attention and feeling ugly in middle school. And now I'm starting to feel good about myself. And all these boys are trying to talk to me and say things to me. And I was bold about it. I would say things back and I would, you know, entertain it. And I didn't realize that God didn't create me to say those things. Like I knew I, I would feel convicted and I would be like, I know that I'm not supposed to entertain this kind of stuff, but it's like I like the attention too. 
So it's always been a battle. It's like, I know what's right and I know what's wrong, but I don't want to do right because it's boring or because I don't want to look lame, something like that. So anyways, I started to see how it wasn't right. And then I started to realize like, you know, I was raised to wait till marriage. I was raised to wait for somebody who loves you and get married and wait on a husband. Don't give your virginity to anybody, stuff like that. And so I had those standards. I had that those seeds planted into me, but and was I going to apply it though? So I would get upset. Now I'm getting depressed because I see how these boys don't really like me or love me or want to be with me. It's just about sex. It's just mm. about getting me or something. So I start to get really upset because now I'm seeing everyone in relationships again and they're more serious than it was in middle school. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I have a boyfriend? Why can't someone love me? And why can't I have somebody to love me? And because I wasn't getting the love that I wanted to from my family, I guess, I wanted to try to find it in a relationship and so I didn't know how to have a relationship with Jesus I didn't know how to seek that relationship with him so I was trying to find it in boys and so um, moving on I go to my junior year of high school and someone that I never expected to like me back or have an interest in me ended up wanting to talk to me and so we ended up talking and we ended up being in a relationship and um, he was telling me all this stuff like you know I'm the most loyal girl he's ever had and there's nobody else like me and I do believe believe that was true but then again you know it was something that comforted me to know I'm finally worth it to mm. somebody I ended up getting my heart broken because he ended up cheating on me and I didn't know how to take that it's like God what am I doing what's wrong with me why can't I keep people around why can't I have friends why can't I do what everybody else is doing because mind you before that happened as well I would always try to be like everybody else, sneak around my strict parents' household and do things. But every single time I did something, I got caught or something bad happened. And I started to feel like, God, do you do you not like me or something? Do you hate me? Because I see everyone else doing stuff. And it's always I get my heart broke, I get betrayed, or something bad happens to me. Like, why can't I do what everybody else is doing? I'm confused at this point because I'm like, yeah, I get it. God is real. But like, it's like he has something towards me because I can't get away with nothing. I can't just live my life and have fun. Time goes on. Now I'm a senior, you know, I created more soul ties with some people and I'm just at this point where I'm heartbroken. I feel like I have no friends. I'm ready to be successful. And I had a lot of pride when it came to my success because my plan at the end of the day, even when I did my little calculation with how many days I'm going to turn 18, my plan was to go to the military. My dad was in the military and he served 20 years in the Air Force. And he always told me that's the best option for you is to, you know, just do four years go to the Air Force and get get your benefits, go to school. And so ever since I was like 12, that was my plan. And this time was finally coming. I'm a senior. I already signed the papers to go into the Air Force. And I'm really excited because I finally get to do what I've been wanting to do, be free, do what I want to do at 18, not have nobody tell me what to do. And I had this mentality and this pride of like, I'm going to be the most successful person to come out of Lake Forest High School. And I'm going to make all this money and I'm going to be, you know, this insta that's going to have all this stuff and, you know, just all this stuff in my head. But I knew I had to keep God first. I knew I had to actually invest my relationship with him because of the people that were around me, my pastors, my family, my church family, you know, always telling me, put God first and everything else will line up. And I knew that. So so as you were going through all of this, there there yeah. was people around you continuing oh, yeah. to, yes, to talk to you about God. Yes, plant those seeds and talk to me about God. And I just... 
I knew he was real. I knew that, you know, the devil was real too, but I just wanted to, I had that desire in my heart to do what I wanted to do. Right. And so that's what always would pull me away from God is the fact that I know I can't fully follow him if I have these desires in my heart to party, to drink, to smoke, to have sex, to have relationships. I knew I can't fully be in tune with God if I'm doing those things. So it's always back and forth, back and forth. Did a a part of you, and I'm just wondering here, did a part of you felt like you needed to go and do those things before you could be in a relationship with God? Yeah, that's that's actually good. Yeah, that's actually what I was thinking now that I think about it. It's like I, I knew I had to do those things before I could get right with him because it's like, you know, you can't do that stuff when you're right with God. Mm. So it's like I had that. Which is a complete lie to and a deception. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because wow. he accepts you in any way. Yeah. But I just knew there's this saying, it's like the more you know, the more is required something like that yeah yeah Yeah. the more you know the more is required or um what much is given much is required so it's just like i wanted to just you know do my thing and just kind of put him to the side i'll Mm. I'll get to him later or like what people say they're like i'm young i'll i'll um take my life serious later on and get a relationship with god later on which isn't true you should be you know following him fully when you fully want to be in a relationship with him yeah so, that is the best option yeah that's the best option yeah. but you know we're humans and we have that sinful nature we're gonna want to do yeah. what we want to do so so what what happened there so now you're you're out of high school yeah right and- i'm out of high school i graduated and so i graduated in may during covid 2020 i was leaving for the military in august of 2020 i was ready to go and then you know leaving your family and stuff is harder than it seems so it was really emotional to finally do what um you know i've been waiting for and to finally separate from them and everything but I ended up going to basic training I went to tech school and then I came back home and then my duty station was going to be Alaska so I get to Alaska everyone's telling me to be careful depression I'm like I'm not going to receive or proclaim any of that I'm just going to continue to put God first and pray to him read the word and so during quarantine in Alaska I was reading my word you know the Bible app has different plans I started doing those plans writing down any revelations that I would have but I also started to get confused and started dibbling and dabbling with new age stuff so it was like I believed in God but I was also believing in like the universe and chakras opening up and like um manifesting things and writing them down 10 times and those things will happen and like it was I was just so confused and I believed in like crystals and I remember this one time I was looking up how to open your chakras. And right after I got out of that YouTube video, I get on Instagram and I seen someone repost a post on their story. And it was like, new age spiritually spirituality is not real. Do not do these things. It is a deception from the devil. He's trying to make things look like they're good and you know spiritual when the whole time it's demonic and it's witchcraft and i remember i looked at my phone and i was like yo i think god is telling me to stop like i'm not supposed to be doing any of that right because i knew the truth i knew when i was convicted and i feel like the holy spirit let me see that post to stop but i'm stubborn so i didn't go too deep into it but it was something that i would look into all the time like the crystals and everything and And so and samantha before you continue there yeah just out of curiosity here do you remember how you begin to get interested in it? I think it was really getting trending, like viral at the time. Got I remember it. in 2020, it was quarantine. So people were finding themselves and everything. And mm. I saw a lot of different posts about it. And yeah, I just remember seeing it a lot on social media, like people talking about how to get their, get to your goals and, you know, manifesting them and 
having crystals to protect you and stuff. And I, I just don't remember specifically how it happened, but I know it was a lot of new age things happening and people were posting about it, like how to meditate and opening up your chakras is important, stuff like that. And so I would actually go into um trying to meditate and there was this meditation I would actually do to try to go to sleep. And I knew something was demonic about it because I went into like a sleep paralysis when I was doing this meditation. It was a sleeping talk down thing. And then it had like these frequent that are supposed to help you in your sleep but I, I had sleep paralysis I was in a dream and I couldn't wake myself up and I thought my sister was screaming at night and um, it was like this really loud scream that was like you know she needed help kind of thing but I couldn't get myself out to wake up and um, get up and check on what was happening but I ended up falling back asleep but I remember I woke up and I was like it didn't sit right with me that that happened so I know that the new age spirituality that's one open door for demons so that's just an example of um, one of the things that I realized, like, it's it's not good. So I'm in Alaska. My address is literally the North Pole. I start working my job, and my job in the military— Your address is the North Pole? Yeah, it was literally the North Whoa. Pole. Yeah, it was crazy because, you know, they all say that's where Santa's from or whatever. But I was like, I never would have thought I'd be stationed here, right? So I start my job in the military, and now I'm starting to get— like really upset because the things that I thought it was going to be like the vision that I had in my head for myself with the military was not the way it was happening. I had this vision. I'm going to go in, you know, I'm going to be lit. I'm going to be in a warm base like Florida by the beach or like somewhere in Germany or Japan, like a cool base, you know, that um, everyone else that I see is getting. And, you know, I, I was staying positive on the base of Alaska, but at the same time, it was dark. I mean, the sun only comes out like for four hours in the wintertime. It's like 11 till two and it'll go down. And so that does affect your mind a little bit and it does affect your body and stuff because you're used to having that sunlight and everything. So so when people were telling you that it was going to be dark, it they was weren't quite lying. literal. Yeah, no, darkness. it was literal. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And yeah. it actually was a dark place because I just noticed how um, like the army base had this, uh, it just it was this board and they, they would put on there how many suicides and DUIs have happened in the past year and you know the number would just keep going up throughout the year wow. and so it was a place that was pretty dark and I was starting to see how this wasn't the way that I saw it and I started to compare myself once again I was seeing people with different bases and they were having fun they were out you know on the weekends on a boat on a yacht and I'm over here in piles of snow and I'm just like I can't wait to get out of here already and so my job I started to compare myself with my job some people in the military had nine to five office jobs holidays off you know just a regular full-time job and so my job at the dining facility which was a cook was to um do 12-hour shifts I was starting off with 12-hour shifts 6 a.m to 6 p.m and I was just flipping omelets making burgers and that's not how I visioned my you know military career just seeing everybody in relationships again and then being alone I started to just feel like okay the military is not what it, I thought it was going to be and now I'm just why can't things just ever go right is what my mindset was on I'm like god like here we go again I'm thinking something is going to be all good and sweet and then it's not like what is it with you and me like what do you have against me why can I ever be happy right I started to just find I'm back in this cycle I'm finding somebody to be in a relationship with that can show me that love that can show me I'm worth it that can be there for me that can hold me whatever and so I'm a I'm a big girl now you know I'm not in my parents house I don't have to sneak around I 
can be in a relationship and see them whenever I want and have them come to my dorm, whatever. So I'm going to mention this relationship because it's a big part of the whole testimony. I ended up meeting this guy that was in the army and, you know, he was someone that could relate to me on being away from your family. He's someone that said he was spiritual. And so that new age spirituality, he's, he wasn't spiritual with Jesus. He was fake spiritual with new age stuff. The first day we met, we actually went to my very, very first party ever. And so I was still, you know, trying to be a good airman and stuff like that. I didn't drink at this party. I didn't do anything. But during that party, I just seen like, now that I look at it in a perspective where I'm, you know, in tune with the Lord and spirituality with Jesus, I saw the demons manifest that he had. I seen him pick up this bottle and just chug this alcohol. And something in me, it was like, I wanted to help him. I wanted to help him seek the Lord whole time. I needed my own help to seek the Lord with my own, my own um, walk with Christ. But it's like, I knew who God was and I wanted to be that person to bring him to Christ, but it's like, I should have just done it for me. But, you know, I wanted this relationship. I thought he was so cute, so attractive, whatever. It's, you know, I also wrote down when I was doing my little manifestations with the new age spirituality stuff, exactly what I wanted in a man. And, you know, his physical attributes really fit that list. And so one thing the devil does is he will use people that, he knows you're attracted to. He knows that's on your list, you know, to the T to get you off track with God. And so wow. that's what this person was for me. And um, that was another soul tie that was created. And then um, he ended up introducing me to something called VV is what it was called. And it was this substance that you put in a vape and you end up smoking it, you get the same effects as marijuana, you get high, but it won't show up on the drug test. And when he first told me about it, I was like, get get that stuff away from me like i'm not gonna do any of that but you know we're always spending time with each other we're always um with each other on the weekends and that's what he would use and bring once he started using it it's like he didn't stop and so i started to get curious before the military i never got high i never smoked weed because i knew if i end up popping hot on a drug test before i leave like that's that's the worst thing that can happen and i was too paranoid for all that but since i was so depressed and so upset with my life and just not happy i started to not really care i started to just drink more. I started to use that stuff he was using called VV. I would use it a little bit and then I would not really feel anything. I would feel a little bit, but not too much. But there was one time specifically we were at his friend's house and we were all sitting there and him and his bros were just passing around this big vape. And then I just see them all start to look like zombies. And I'm just watching them and I'm like seeing them all start to laugh. They're basically getting high. And so I'm like, I want to try whatever they're doing. Like, I've tried it before, but I don't know why I'm never feeling anything. So I take this vape. I told them to pass it to me. I take it and I start hitting it back to back to back. And then I just start to feel like all this, all this shame come upon me, all this paranoia come upon me. And I'm looking this way. I'm looking that way. My vision starting to collide. My heart starting to race. And I'm like, what did I just do? I don't know what the heck this is. Like, did they just set me up? I don't know what I just did. I'm just starting to freeze up in my seat. And he's next to me and I'm just frozen in my seat and I'm just talking to God in my head. I'm like, God, I'm so sorry for whatever I just did. I know I wasn't supposed to do that. And now I just feel like I can't even I can't even move right now. And I said, God, just just sober me up. Whatever it is, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. Just please. Like I felt like I was gonna die. Like that's how much my heart was racing. And I knew God was real. I knew He was just letting me know, like, you know, I can take away 
your breath right now. The breaths that you breathe right now, I can take it away. So I was just so paranoid. I was just, you know, crying out to him in my head. But then, you know, I was telling everyone around me, like, you know, I'm freaking out right now, whatever that stuff is, like, get it away from me. But then, you know, I start to sober, I start to sober up. I started to calm down. And guess what I did right after that? Hand me the vape again. So now that I know about this substance, now that, you know, with this guy using it, I start to use it more. And so every time him and his friends are going out, I'm going out. Every time they're getting drunk, I'm getting drunk, I'm getting drunk. Every time they're using this substance, I'm using it. And so our relationship was not good at all. It was starting to get, you know, abusive verbally, narcissistically. That stuff, the substances that I was using, such as the alcohol and this valerian stuff, is what I would use to calm my thoughts. And it would actually make it worse, but I just wanted something to numb the pain, basically. my The pain from my heartbreak from other relationships, the pain of, you know, not feeling good enough the pain of feeling like my life is just there's no purpose to it it's always something boring it's always something with me and once I was fully done with that relationship because I'm stubborn you know I would see him in the club I would bug him and I was trying to find somebody else so more soul ties created with other guys because I wanted to still feel that love and affection from somebody and try to find somebody else and not knowing my worth I didn't know how to hold myself as a woman of value at the time and look at myself through Christ's eyes. So I would just keep going to the next person. And I just ended up, you know, not feeling happy. Like, why can't somebody love me? Like I've been saying since middle school, right? And then next thing you know, I end up getting into this case in the military. They ended up finding out about this substance. There was people that told leadership, our sergeants, that me and my group of friends were smoking weed. We never smoked weed. We weren't high off. We weren't doing anything. But my friend had this party and we were using this vape with the valerian stuff. And so people wouldn't really know that it was what was in there because everyone in the military loved to smoke vapes. So if you just had a nicotine vape or whatever we were using, you couldn't tell the difference. So we were wondering why someone would, you know, say that we were smoking weed. There was no weed at the party and all that, but we started to get into um, interrogations. Like we had the security forces, which was the military police bringing us in and questioning us on what it was we were doing on that day around June. And we just kept denying that we didn't smoke weed because we didn't. But then they ended up getting evidence through other people that we were using something in our vapes. So next thing you know, um, I was pulled into questioning randomly. My sergeant calls me out of nowhere in the middle of June and she's like, come to the dining facility right now. What are you doing? I was just like, I'm going to sleep because my shift was at four in the morning and it was like 11 p.m. right now. And I'm thinking like, what in the world is going on? So I had this feeling that it was about this Valerian stuff. And so I had the vape and I remember I threw it out and I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to be caught with it because I feel like this questioning is going to be about that. So I get into the security forces office. They drive over there. They take us there. And I'm in, I'm in the room now in a seat just like this, but I'm in questioning for, you know, what I've been doing wrong in the military. And they tell me you're in here for substance abuse. And so I'm like, what? I'm in here for what? I'm not using any substance, you know, because I'm thinking this is an essential oil and this is not that bad. And I'm like, how did they find out? And they're like, we know that you're a good person. We know that you like to get people together and party and do all this stuff. But 
we are here because you're abusing something. And I'm like trying to be in denial about it. I don't want to be a snitch. I don't want to tell on anybody. I don't want to tell this story on how it is we got this stuff because they already said, um, are you aware of this substance called Delta 8? And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but that's what that Valerian stuff was being labeled as. And so they were like, if you just have integrity, because that's a big thing in the Air Force is integrity. They're like, if you have in integrity, your commander could end up, you know, looking at this whole situation and keeping you in the Air Force. Because I was asking them, am I going to get kicked out? Like, what's going on? Because it was a big deal. They even had me sign this paper that said um, apprehension arrest form. I thought I was going to get arrested, too, because they just had a group of airmen last year, the previous year, get sent home because of drugs as well. So I was asking them, am I going to go to jail? And they told us, uh, you, we don't know. We're not the ones that Make that decision it's all up to your commander and everybody else so during that time I was just like God what am I gonna do because I was just in my head asking him what should I do and I felt this push just tell the truth you know you've already made it this far you've been getting in trouble you're not holding yourself as a good airman like the least you can do the right thing you can do right now is tell the truth so I just spilled everything I just you know told them what we did that day and you know the stuff that we were using and how I knew about it. I told them that it was through the relationship that I had and I just didn't care at that moment if I was a snitch or not because at that point it was just, I had to do what I know God wanted me to do. And so that's what I did. I did hold myself accountable though. I knew that all of this stuff that happened was because of my decisions. I was the one that brought it to my friends. I was the one that had that relationship where it was shown to me. And so I made sure that I was the one that held myself accountable that this is because of me and so it was actually funny because I got prophesied to before I left the military by my pastor that I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to be making decisions for people and people are going to be following me and so that leadership that I had I was using for the world I was the one that organized the parties that organized the times we would smoke this stuff the times we would drink and I saw how my leadership ended up not going the way that God wanted to use it for, it was in a way where, you know, everyone's now in trouble. So mm -hmm. me and five other people all getting questioned. And this this interrogation and this um, questioning, this case, basically, it lasted for like June, July, August. We didn't hear anything back till August. So we didn't know if we were going to leave the military. We didn't know if we were going to stay. We didn't know if we were going to go to jail. We ended up getting told by the end of September, October 15th, pack your stuff and get ready to get out of here because you're not going to be here anymore. And so I was thinking the whole time, like, I don't have to tell my parents anything. I, I have faith that I'm going to stay in. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm just going to keep proclaiming I'm going to stay in. But, you know, when you abuse God's grace and mercy, you will get your chastisement. You will get your, your consequence so you can learn your lesson. And so I didn't understand it at the time. I was just stuck in my head again, depressed, like, God, why me? Why me? Why me? So I had to, you know, be honest with my parents that I'm coming back home. I was scared that they might, you know, turn me away because of this big thing happening. I didn't want to be a failure to them. But I was just really disappointed with myself that I was going through all this and I was feeling like a failure, feeling like a disappointment. I was so worried about my future because it's like I went to the military to get this free college, to get all these benefits, and now I'm going to have that taken away from me. What am I going to do with myself when I get home? I don't want to 
just have a job and work for somebody for the rest of my life. I don't know what's going to happen. And so I got sent home October 15th. They packed up my stuff and then I got a plane ticket back home. And, you know, my my parents told me stuff happens in life. You know, this is the consequence of your actions. And at the end of the day, you can only point the finger back at yourself because it was you that put yourself. It was your decisions that put yourself into this. But know and pray and have faith that God is going to bring you out of it. And at the time, it was hard for me to, you know, even listen to stuff about church and about having faith and stuff because I'm like, I just can't see the light at the end of the time. Tunnel. And, you know, I have all these soul ties with different people. It's true that the demons that people have in them will be transferred to you when you have soul ties with them. That's why it's very powerful um, to, to not get yourself in those entanglements because it'll affect you. So, you know, I'm heartbroken from all those soul ties. I'm heartbroken at the fact that I'm letting everybody down. I told people before I left the military that I was going to make them proud. And my dad even told me, you know, people are watching you. You're an influence right now to people. People in Dover, Delaware know you and they want to see you do good. Don't do anything to get you in trouble. And I remember he told me that multiple times and I said, okay, okay, I won't. I won't get in trouble. And then here I am and I'm in trouble. I'm back home and I was in trouble the whole time I was in. So it's just all this disappointment was over me, all this depression. And I'm just like, God, what is it that you want me to do? And so I was still still going through it. You know, the year is about to end. It's October, November, December. I had a full-time job somewhere that I didn't like. And I'm just like, I don't know how I'm going to go to school. But at this point, I'm just going through it. I was trying to keep um, in, in contact with somebody. I did have a soul tie with the last person that I was talking to out in Alaska. And then that same person ended up ghosting me. And so I was at this point again where I'm just isolated all over in the beginning. Just like when I first got to Alaska, I'm isolated. And I had the wisdom and I understood that when God isolates you, it's so that you can only depend on him. But it was, you know, it's so hard to go through that and to feel alone and stuff and to have nobody understand. But I was just feeling like, you know what, God, you must really want me to just lean on you because because of the fact that I'm isolated again. So I told God, I was like, I'm going to put my all into you at this point. And, you know, I started going back to church and my pastors um, prophesied to me. I remember it was the beginning of 2022 when I told God, I just I just want to do what you want me to do. And my pastor told me, when you worship God, that's what's going to bring you out of your storm. And they knew about me singing when I was younger. And they were the ones pushing me to sing when I was younger to worship the Lord. And I would do it. I would do it wholeheartedly. And I would get the Holy Spirit touch on me and I would just cry knowing that God is good when I was younger. And he told me, you're going to go back to your childlike faith. You're going to see God like never before from the ages 19 through 21. And you're going to worship the Lord. And if you worship him wholeheartedly, just like you used to, he's going to take care of three areas of your life. And he was just so on point. I was worrying about, you know, my looks. I was insecure again. And he said that God's going to take care of that. He told me he was going to take care of my career. He's going to take care of, you know, the thought of who am I going to be with one day? And I believed it. I received it. I had faith. And so I actually started to read my word for the first time. I started to read my Bible like I never had before. I used to remember I would read my Bible. I would read Genesis and then I'd get bored, close it, and then, you know, say I'm going to read it another time and never did. But I ended up going on YouTube and hearing about people's testimonies. And there was this guy who had a YouTube channel and he talked about how to get close to God. And he said, this book changed my life. It was a book that helped you read the Bible. It's this book called um, The Bible Reading recap by Tara Lee Cobble, and it's a 365 plan that helps you read the Bible in one year. I remember I ordered it 
the Holy Spirit was telling me to order it, so I did. And I used that book to read throughout the whole Testament, the Old Testament, and I still haven't finished the whole Bible, but I've read so much of it like I've never had before, and it helped me to understand who God really is, how Jesus did his miracles, and how he was so obedient to his Father, um, the whole purpose of him coming to this earth to save us for our sins. And I started to understand God more in a way that I never had before because I was truly seeking him. And I ended up being a part of the praise and worship team at my home church. I was kind of iffy about it because I was like, I don't feel like I'm worthy enough to even be in front of people. These people know that I, you know, got kicked out the military. I don't want to be singing to God in front of everybody. And they're looking up like, what is she doing their whole time? No one's even thinking that you are worthy to do what God tells you to do. And I just said, you know, I'm not going to believe that lie. And I ended up going up and just worshiping the Lord. And I started to feel that peace and joy that I never had before. And when you're obedient to the Lord, that's one of your blessings that you will receive is peace and joy that the world cannot give you. And so there was a revival going on last year in March 2021, no, 2022, my bad. And this prophet was coming. His name was Tracy Cook. And So I had already gotten lots of prophetic words from my pastor, which I'm so grateful for. But this guy, he could know your name without even knowing you. And so I went to this revival and I made sure I was there every day because I just wanted to feel the presence of the Lord. Like I was just hungry for God. And so... I just believed and received that I was going to get a word too. Maybe he'll call out my name and not even know me. And I remember when he was there in December, I was not really um, fully into it with God. I wasn't hungry yet, but my mom told me she got a word from him and she, he called her out saying, do you, um, have a letter in your name named T. I see a letter T and her name is Teresa. He's never met her before or anything. So it was little stuff like that that made me feel like, okay, God is definitely real, you know? And so I ended up going and he told me to come up front and he put his hands on me and the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. I started shaking. The fire of God was on me. And he told me, "Um, you've been set aside not to be picked on, but to be picked out. You're going to be set apart. You're going to be a prophet. You're going to be a psalmist. You're going to write poetry. You're going to help so many people in your generation. And I just remember from that day is when I fully just felt like this surrender, this full surrender, like, God, I only want to do what you want me to do. And I just knew from that day that I had this big purpose. Something was just telling me, you have this big purpose, you know, there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And all I have to do is just keep going. And it was hard because I saw how some people were leaving my life that were my friend and whole time they weren't because I started to get closer to God and not do the things that I used to. Now it's, oh, you think you're better than everybody else because you're close to God. You think you're this and that because you're you're having this relationship with him when it was just me changing. And sometimes people can take your change as you thinking that you're better than everybody the whole time. It's not. It's just you don't tolerate what you used to before. And so it was hard because nobody understood me. So I prayed to God and I was like, God, just give me one friend that can understand this walk with you and can, you know, be be a woman that understands my testimony and the things that I went through and this this calling that I have, you know. And so on that same day that I was at the revival and got prayed over, there was this girl 
and she was sitting at the back and I just had this feeling that, you know, she could be my friend. And so I had this plan after I'm done praise and worship, I'm going to sit next to her. And so I sat next to her and right when I was about to introduce myself and stuff, she gets told by the prophet to come up and to get a word from him. And so he laid his hands on her and everything that he was telling her, I felt in my spirit, like everything that she was going through, the suicidal thoughts, the feeling of being disappointed, feeling like nobody's there for you and not having any friends. And he told her, God's going to give you a different group of friends that you've never had before. And so when she sat back down, she was crying. I was tearing up because I felt her her prophetic word too as well. I just felt like the Holy Spirit at the time, I was like, I don't know if it's just my gut feeling or whatever. It's just something kept telling me, talk to her, talk to her, talk to her. And so I, I ended up talking to her and introducing myself. And I was like, you know, I know it's hard to walk this walk with Christ and, you know, be a female at a young age. Because I had a feeling she was around the same age and she was she's two years older than me we're in our 20s and I just said like let's just keep in contact and you know see what God does within our connection or whatever and so we ended up talking throughout 2022 and she's my best friend God answered my prayer of having somebody that understands me so quickly and then I was worried about my career God ended up showing me you know my love for makeup hair um, cosmetics um, self-care I used to love doing that kind of stuff when I was little looking up YouTube tutorials on YouTube, you know, how to how to um, do nails, how to do makeup, how to do hair. And he told me in a dream, not told me, but I just had this vision. I was doing people's hair all at once. And I had this, um, you know, this vision of myself doing hair as a career. But I, I had the doubts, too, because the enemy likes to come in and mess up his plans that God has for you. And I just had this doubt, like, I can't do other people's hair. I never done it before. But I know that that's what God wanted me to do because I started to feel like you can, you know, do people's hair. You can end up praying over them as you do their hair. They don't have to know it, but you can also end up changing their life because when people get their hair done, it's a vulnerable state. They end up sharing things with you that they don't share with anybody else. And I just started to find my purpose. And God was telling me to do that, but I'm like, how am I going to go to school? The next thing you know, my dad ended up giving me the opportunity to go to school through his, you know, time in the service. I was able to go to school through him. He said one day out of nowhere, after I had been praying to God, you know, how am I going to do it? He was like, you know, I have this benefit that you can go to school because I served and you pick something you love to do and just do it. So I told him my idea and he said, okay, go find a cosmetology school and go do what you want to do. And so he took care of that. The last thing that um, was prophesied to me was, who am I going to be with one day? I'm not married yet, <laughs> not yet, but God has shown me things, and he showed me that I'm going to be a wife, I'm going to be a mother one day. And all the things that I was worried about, he ended up showing me those things in 2022. When I fully seek the Lord, he showed me that it says it in the Bible, when you seek first the kingdom of God, all else will be added unto you. And God really changed my life throughout last year because I was going through all this heartbreak. I was going through all this pain, all this, you know, this struggle and stuff. And as I went through that, I never thought that I would be able to, you know, feel the presence of the Lord and feel his love again. And so I remember it's hitting me. It's hitting me. I remember my pastor, um, he told me when I was, you know, really heartbroken too, hitting depressed, he was like, God's telling me to tell you to run back to your first love. And my first love is Jesus. And, um, you know, I loved him when I was growing up. I knew who he was and I felt his love as a child. 
and he told me to run back to him, and I did. And I started to feel his love more and more every day throughout 2022. It's like I started to see things differently. My desires started to change, and I never, I never knew how I was going to change. I knew it was going to be through God but I just never knew how I could do it alone. And it's through Jesus. That's who helped me to get to this point. And I just didn't desire to have sex anymore and make connections with people. All these soul ties that I had, I didn't want to do that anymore. It kept hurting me. And I just, you know, I remember the idea of being abstinent till marriage was crazy to me. But I have been abstinent for two years. I don't, I just want what God has for me. I want my husband. <laughs> I want the one that God wants me to have a purpose with. And I will not, you know, let myself go for anything anymore when it comes to that. And I thank God for showing me his love, for showing me his presence, for showing up even in my dreams. I've seen Jesus in my dreams and he didn't have to visit me in my dreams. And whenever I seen him, it was just this big white light. I remember my first dream with him. We were just dancing in a field and I just knew it was him because I woke up just crying. And I just knew that this big white light was him dancing with me in this green field. And then I remember I had this dream I was um like I was high up I, I think I was in heaven I guess but it was just like I don't know how to describe it I just seen this bright white light and I was you know feet high I was really high up in the sky basically and I seen little white lights going into this big white light and I know that that you know it was like a portal of people going in and I knew that that bright white light to my left was Jesus and we were watching souls go in and I knew that that dream meant you know that my life has souls behind it, that my testimony has souls behind it. Me sharing this could help somebody get saved. And I knew that dream was going to come to pass. And now I see my life as a life that, and this goes for everybody, our life is not our own. We have a will that God wants us to accomplish. We have a purpose that God has planted into us. And it's up to you to tap into it because we all have free will. We all have free will. We all have the choice to follow God. We all have the choice to follow the devil's path. There's a path for God. There's a path that the devil wants you to be on and I was on that path for a little bit and it did nothing but destroy me it did nothing but break my heart it did nothing but make me feel the the things that the devil wanted me to feel the failure the disappointment all that stuff is what that path led to but once I started focusing on God and walking down that narrow path because it says that it's going to be hard following God isn't easy I'm right. not going to sit here and say it's easy and I know that everyone that follows the Lord knows that but it's worth it because he answered every single prayer that I had. He answered it so fast for me. And I just, you know, I, I look back and I'm like, I should have been doing that the whole time. But it's okay because the darkness that we go through, the testimony that we have can help somebody that went through the same thing. And I know that I've, you know, already done my work with, you know, posting on YouTube, posting on TikTok. I have a social media platform that I know one day will bring so many people to the Lord and it already has little by little. I have friends that I used to be in the military with contacting me, telling me, you know, your relationship with God is inspiring. It's encouraging me to read my Bible. It's encouraging me to get close to God. And people will ask me how to do it. People will ask me how I did it. And I just look back and I'm just so grateful for even the setback that I went through, the times where I just cried out to God, not understanding who he was, but I knew he was there for me because it was the end of 2022. And it's crazy that I ended up having this revelation afterwards. It's because you can be in denial for so long with yourself. And 
as I started to heal, I started to see things differently. And so one of the things I want to mention is the stuff that I was using in the military, that Valerian vape thing. I was um, going through paperwork that I got throughout the military when it came to that case. And um, they took this stuff to um, a lab and they tested it on what it was. And so it was this weird scientific name. I remember I avoided looking up that name for a while because I was just like, it might not be the stuff that I thought it was. It might not be this little plant oil that I thought it was. And so it was December of last year and I looked it up and it was actually a mixture of like K2 and spice. Like wow. that stuff can kill you. Yeah. And so when I found that out, I just started crying to God again. His grace and his mercy was on me that whole time. You know, he knows the desires of your heart. He let me do whatever, but he was protecting me the whole time that I was there. And he didn't have to do that. He could have taken my breath that time that I used it too much. He could have taken my breath the multiple times that I got too high and too drunk at the same time. But he didn't because of this moment right here to testify that Jesus is the only way you can have peace. He is the only way that you can have joy. He is the only way that you can can, you know, tap into the purpose that you have. And I just thank God for protecting me, for the ministering angels that were upon me when I was doing those things in the world. And I just don't have any desire to smoke anymore. I don't have a desire to get drunk. I don't have a desire to numb my pain with those things. If I am in pain, if I am going through things, because I still go through it, you know, I still go through it when it comes to um, how I see myself sometimes or, you know, going through a dark, dark time is um, hard. It, it will still happen when you walk with God. But when I go through that, I just cry out to him. I just pray to him. I don't go to those things that make me feel like how I used to. And like I said, you know, I'm just waiting on who God has for me. All those things in my mind that used to be of the world has now shifted into what God wants me to see things as. The way I even value myself, I don't value myself the way that I used to with pride and ego and the way that I look, the way that I would show off my body and, you know, wear revealing clothing. God has showed me modesty is, is value and modesty is you showing that you are worth it, you know, in his eyes, because he has called us to be fearfully and wonderfully made. That's how he created us. And God has shown me that that's what I am. And I don't need male validation. I'll, I just need Jesus's validation. I just want to do what he has called me to do. And so that is how I ended up getting close to God. And there's still more to come. This is just the beginning. He, right. Like I said, um, I got prophesied that I'm going to be a prophet. And so at the end of 2022, he ended up showing me that I can prophesy. It's just, it says it, I believe it's in First Corinthians, that our thoughts, when you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, it's God's thoughts. I used to be so amazed at how people prophesy. And there's still more for me to learn for sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's just getting into that secret place with the Lord and getting those downloads from Him. And when you think something, it's not your own thought, it's God, you know? And so I ended up figuring out that I can do that. My first prophetic word that I practiced on was to my pastor and I prophesied. I said, I see this big mountain, I see this the word move. And I was really nervous to give that to him because this is the same pastor that has prophesied over me my whole life. And so next thing you know, months later, that prophecy ends up coming true and he got words from the Lord that he's to move to another state and wow. so that's when I realized I can prophesy and now I'm actually going to a church and I'm the worship leader I tapped into my hobbies of playing the piano again and singing and um, it was it was hard at first to do that I was nervous I was having my doubts like I don't think I can do this and I could have had the choice to stray away but people have been blessed through my worship because worship is also ministry and so you know God has shown me that I'm in school 
for cosmetology, getting my license now. And, you know, it's just so good to to feel in my purpose, to do the things that God has told me to do and to be touching people's lives because I know he's going to send people for me to do their hair, do their makeup. And these people might be going through things. They might need prayer. And when that does come to pass where they need that or that opportunity happens where I can tell them my story and tell them about Jesus, that's all that I want to do. So that is all in all my testimony. And I just want to tell people about him because I knew about him, but I didn't know what it would take to have that relationship with him. And now that I'm fully in a relationship with the Lord, I'm I'm engaged to Jesus until someone replaces this ring. I'm just so happy and I have so much joy sharing my story. It took a lot for me to have the boldness to even do this, to testify, to get in front of people and worship the Lord. It takes time. It's a process, but it's a process that's worth it because yeah. at the end of the day, I used to think, you know, if I were to die right now, I don't know if I'll go to heaven. I used to think that. And I was going to church. And I was, you know, getting told about the Lord my whole life, but I never knew if I was going to go to heaven or not. And it says it in the Bible. If you're lukewarm, if you're hot, if you're cold, um, or if you're neither hot or cold, he'll spit you out his mouth. And so that's what I was for a long time, lukewarm. And now that I'm fully invested with the Lord, I can truly say if someone had a gun to my head, I would just say, God, if it's your time, just, you know, just take me because I know where I'm going. And I want that feeling for everybody because you never know how your words can encourage somebody to even just save their life. So yeah. that is my story. And yeah, this is just the beginning. Come <laughs> so. on. Samantha, who is Jesus to you? He is my healer. He's my first love, like I said. He is my way maker. He's so much to me. He's my best friend. And I hope that you're all fine, that Jesus is your best friend too. He is there. When you accept him in your heart, he will never leave you. He will never leave you. And he's just made a way when there was no way. And I'm just so glad that he protected me. He's my protector. And yeah, he's just, he's just everything to me. He's everything to me. Samantha, you said you are 21? No? Yes. For all the young people who are watching, who maybe are not fully walking with the Lord or maybe have their doubts, what is a word of encouragement that you can give to your generation that may be watching your testimony right now? I would say surrender the way you think your life should be and follow the Lord. And um, it may be hard to get rid of certain habits that you may think, you know, God won't like. But I'm going to tell you right now, he accepts you the way that you are. You may be struggling with smoking. You may be struggling with um, giving up sex to marriage. You may be struggling with alcohol, but he knows your struggles. And that's why he died for your sins. He knows your heart. Don't ever think you're not worth it. Don't ever think you're not good enough to follow the Lord because I remember those feelings. But if you just fully surrender your life and your will and follow the will of God, he will do amazing things in your life. I would say read the word of God because those are his words. That's the breath of his life is the yeah. word of God. Um, I would suggest getting that Bible book that I was talking about, the Bible recap. That's what changed my life. Because without that book, I would not have started reading the Bible because that book summarizes, you know, um, what you just read. It gives you verses for a whole year on how to finish the Bible chronologically. I would say read the gospel so you can know who Jesus was and what he's done. Make sure you pray. You don't have to pray five times a day. Some people have this religious um, mindset on prayer that you have to pray, you know, certain way all the time. Just 
conversate with God, you know, be in the car and Jesus is right there next to you. Even though you can't see him, just talk to him. He wants that relationship with you. It's not about religion, how many times you do certain things. He just wants that relationship. So pray to God, get in that secret place, you know, where no one can hear you praying, get before you go to bed or something, just that time, spend time with him, go on dates with Jesus. That's what I've done too. Go to the beach with yourself, but you know, journal, write to God, write to God what you want in your life, the, the questions you have for him and watch him and how he answers those things for you. Um, and I would say, just don't take anything for granted. Just be grateful for the things you already have and God will bless you with more when you have that heart of gratitude and just know that he will be there with you every step of the way. You may not see him, but you can feel him. And I would yeah. say worship is, is the third thing that you should do is worship the Lord. When I was told that worshiping will get me out of my storm, it really did. It really did. Because when you worship him and you bow down to him and you just praise your hands to him, you're glorifying him that nothing is greater than him. And there is nothing greater than God. There is nothing greater than King Jesus. So worship him. Maverick City is a good, good group to listen to. I love Maverick City. You know, um, makes get some songs that you like that you can relate to, to worship the Lord and he will do amazing things in your life. Just don't be following the world. The world has nothing good to offer. And when you realize it's not worth it, God will show you that he's more than worth it. Hmm. So that's what I'll have to say to people my age. Yeah. Samantha, any last words for people who are watching your testimony right now? I love you. Jesus loves you. And I just pray that you find him in a way that you never thought you could before, that he shows up in your dreams, that you get visitations from him and you get weird confirmations that end up being God speaking to you through people, through license plates. I don't know what it could be, but I just pray that you find the Lord and lay down your life for him just like he did for us and that my testimony helped you to look at life differently if you're going through the same thing that if I can change, I just want to say if I can change, just know you can change too. Change is hard, but with Jesus on your side, it is possible. I love you. Jesus loves you. God bless.